Yeah, and where are you located? My company is in Singapore, but I live in、uh, Malaysia right now. Cool. Yeah. So why did you decide to become a member? You know, it was really、uh, by chance that I stumbled upon your podcast. Yours just popped up. I said, "Okay, let me just try." And I like your interview style. I thought you asked good questions, and I learned a lot. It was quite in depth. So you mentioned about Patreon that I can get certain benefits. So when I looked into it, I said, "Okay, why not?" I have really honestly already spent a lot of money that I didn't get any return from. I said, "Why not?" I mean, in this journey, there's a lot of things that I spend money on, like the courses I bought, whatever. I said, "Why not? I just be a member, and I get to speak to you, and perhaps I can learn by having a one-on-one with you." Do traders do a lot of blow? Ah, I mean, I have a lot of friends that aren't traders that do a lot of blow. What I didn't realize at the time was I was actually growing a brand. I would say I like to、uh, indulge in the single life a little too much. What webinar did you just get off of? I do have affiliate webinars for trading. So there's like、um, 266 people there. So it was an hour 15. So I do like hour of education and then I pitch an indicator at them. And so is that like a daily kind of thing that you do, or what? I do about well, I do a webinar almost every day. You like doing them? Do I like doing them? No, but every webinar I do, I make money. So that seems like makes sense. How do you get into webinars? So in the trading guru space, webinars are really big. It's forty-five minutes of education usually, and then you pitch a product. Then,、um, and now I have an affiliate manager based in Alabama, where she'll put me in front of an audience, and then we do a fifty-fifty revenue split of whatever I sell that I couldn't get in it before, kind of thing. That's right. Well, if it's all right with you, like I said, I, I press record there in the beginning to make sure I don't forget. I try to make this a quick one because I know you're busy. So, if you wouldn't mind, why don't you just tell us who you are and what you do and where you're located? So, my name is Andrew Keen.、Uh, little synopsis of myself: I trade. On the floor of the Chicago Board Options Exchange for ten years after I graduated college, I went through a clerkship trade program. Trading has now evolved, and it's more electronic than ever. And the trading floor is basically CNBC set, and there's not many traders left down there anymore. I stayed down there as long as I could. I launched my company as Keen on the Market about five years ago, and then we rebranded to AlphaShark.com. We have ten subscription-based models. The biggest one is people pay money to watch me trade during the day. So I wear a headset and I show my screen through a software called the Omnovia. We send all the trades that I put on with my own capital via text message and email. And on the product side, we have 14 educational courses.、Uh, we've sold about 10,000 courses over the last five years, and we have 10、uh, proprietary-based indicators on trading.、Uh, as I've realized that the 10-year interest rate bond is about 2.2 percent, and uh, that uh, you know, stock markets trade at an all-time highs, I've been looking to diversify myself a little bit more and seeing what areas I can get into.、Uh, this is when I've got into the realm of the Airbnb business model. I've been studying it very thoroughly. I've written a book on it. I'm in. Extensive talks with a major network to get my own show on prime time,、uh, based as an investor coming in and working on deals on Airbnb across the United States. Do traders do a lot of blow? 
I have a lot of friends that aren't traders that do a lot of blow. So yeah, I mean, when I was trading on the trading floor, you know, there's a couple brokers. Every time you go to the bathroom, you could hear a little sniffling in there. But actually, you know, to be completely honest, I missed a lot of the heyday of trading. I started down there in 01. And, you know, I had my best two years were 2007 and 2008. But in the late 90s, during the tech bubble, Yes. When I was really young, I was scared to become a trader because, I mean, I think drinking is more prevalent than cocaine. But, you know, if you want to drink and stay sober, then I guess you do cocaine. So, yes, I would say the answer is yes, but not any more than most normal people. So, are you located in Chicago? I'm in San Diego right now. Okay. Well, is that where you're located permanently or do you jump around? So, no, we're based out of Texas. I moved to Texas. I established my office there. I have people that work for me in, in Texas. I kind of bebop around. Um, you know, if I get the show on, on a network, then I'm going to have to go to wherever they are. I'm in Chicago a lot for speaking engagements. I go to Vegas for speaking engagements. So, you know, basically anywhere I can be with my computer, uh, my monitor, my microphone, I can be anywhere in the world. I guess someone who might be listening, they just hear like traders. I mean, where they think you're just gambling money. What do you think about that when people think you're just a gambler? Yeah. So I'll ask you a question and we'll put it in a perspective. I'm ready. What's your favorite sport? My favorite sport is NFL football. NFL football. So if your buddy who played D1 football told you that he could throw a football 80 yards on a fly, would you bet him money? Yeah. Yeah. You'd bet him money because probability math is in your corner. Could he do it? There's a chance, but probably not. If he said to you, you know, I'll bet you a hundred bucks, you're probably going to take that bet, right? But if he said, hey, I'll bet you a hundred bucks, but I went 10 to one odds, then you would say, actually, you might be able to do it. I'm not going to take that bet. So somewhere in the middle lies pure odds. And, you know, I go out a lot and I meet a lot of people and they would say, I say, I trade for a living. They say, you gamble. I say, no, I don't gamble. I put on probability and math setups. It's very similar to playing poker. The best poker players in the world eventually end up with all the money. They can go through a spot where they lose, you know, in, you know, pro, you know, just like backgammon. Poker is part of luck. You know, like if you're going to go in pre-flop aces versus two seven offsuit, you could lose that hand. But in the long run, players end up with the most money. Most traders end up with the most money as well. So it's a lot of supply demand curve, uh, probability in math. Uh, well, I'm just trying to get you riled up. So. Well, yeah. So, uh, I mean, a lot. did you want to be a day trader when you were at, in kindergarten? What, how'd you get this going? It's really funny too, because I always talk about gambling is, isn't gambling, but it's probability and math. So I will literally bet on anything that I think I have a theoretical edge. You know, you go to a bar, you pick any girl, I'll, be, I'll bet you on her age. And then if I think that I have a better chance of winning, I'll, I'm willing to bet on that, right? So I'm willing to gamble on anything. When I was younger, my father is very risk averse. I graduated from the University of Illinois Champaign-Urbana. And to be completely honest, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And, you know, I had interviews to do investment banking, a financial advisor, financial analyst. And father is like, you should trade. You know, every single day is different. You'll never be bored. You don't have to sit at a desk. You don't have to listen to some fucking boss. And I, I was like, all right, we'll give this thing a whirl. And I was scared shitless. Like when I used to go in there, I was nervous. I was scared. I went through a clerk to trade program, $2,000 living at home for nine months, taking the 540 train in every morning. But the more I got it, it made sense to me. Okay. It's supply demand curves. You know, when I was growing up, we do a baseball card and comic book shows, right? And what's a baseball card? Well, now they're not worth anything, but baseball cards, they're just cardboard. They're not, they have no value. What's a comic book? It's just pieces of paper, but it's a supply demand curve. If someone's willing to pay $1,000 for something, says Michael George, there's only 500 relief. 
you know, the prior op until it can't. So it, it's learning the supply demand curve, learning that you basically, you know, where there's a median price. It's very real estate market. You know, if I have a house in Chicago and I put it on the market for 500, because I think it's worth 500,000, it's price per foot good. Real estate brokerage told me that. And the bid and they're 440, 450, 460, my private house is probably worth half a million. On the other side, if they come in at 520, 530, 540, well, my house is probably worth more. So it's really just a supply demand curve between buyers and sellers, more aggressive buyers price goes higher, more aggressive sellers price goes lower. In the long run in stock market, there are valuations, growth rates. You know, I'm not an analyst. I don't look at these numbers, but in the short term, which is usually what I'm trading, I usually don't have positions for more than like three months. It is just a supply demand curve, to be honest. Do you wake up just thinking about trading? It's interesting because when right now, you know, one thing I always look at is the Chicago Board of Options has a volatility index known as the VIX. It is currently trading right 10 right now, which means there's not that much volatility in the market. It is hard to trade when there's not that much volatility, but I'm fortunate and lucky. I wake up every single day and I bull or put on probability math setups every single day. Like I literally wake up, I go, God, it's so much fun. I got to gamble. And you know, my average profit and loss nowadays is one to $3,000 a day. Back in 2007, 2008, it was probably about $10,000 a day. So I was swinging probably $200,000 a month. So it is interesting. It is unbelievable. The adrenaline rush when you're making money is great. You know, the rush when you lose money isn't so much. You know, I have a massive position in wind casinos. Today I was down $8,000 in it. It's not a good feeling. You know, I've gotten about half of that back. I'm down money today. I'm down about a couple dollars um, but it is quite the rush. How many people work for you? Everybody's a 1099. So I have one tech guy who's, I never know where he is. He goes between Taiwan, Thailand, and the uh, United States, as long as he does what it, you know he has to do. He does that. So I have one tech guy. I have three moderators to the trading room. I have a back tester. I have three programmers. I have an e uh, someone that does my emails. I have a social media guru, and I have a, a videographer. So most of the people are part time. You know, around ten hours a week. So that would be four, seven, about ten people. I mean, I think my favorite interviews you've ever had are the ones where you've bleeped out their name. I think there was two of them where they were just absolute fails. Yeah, the two Patreon episodes, I think it was number two and then yeah. 17 that just came out recently. It was just like the oddest interaction ever. It was awkward and super, super entertaining. Yeah, well, good. Well, God, I got two entertaining Patreon ones there for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so what have you thought of our group call so far? I like the group call so far. I like how insightful it is, and it's kind of an extension of your interviews. That's how it feels. And I think that if anybody has a real project they're working on, they can benefit a lot from it. One thing that made me want to join was when you shared the first group call. And I heard that episode, and I'm like, this is a nice little community. It's friendly, it's genuine. And so that was helpful. How do you make the transition from being a trader to, I guess, more branding yourself? Is that what you would call it? That's actually a really interesting concept is I've been on CNBC, Bloomberg, Fox Business Guy, Australia for about 10 years. And, you know, when they came in and it all started when Angela Mayo, she came in when I was trading Apple. She says, hey, does anybody want to be on the exchanges uh, website talking Apple for earnings? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll do that. And everybody's like, no, I don't want to do it. So I went to her show and I did it. And then I went to Bloomberg, started doing 
balloon hits. Then I started doing CNBC hits. And what I didn't realize at the time was I was actually growing a brand. I'd never gotten paid for any TV appearance ever. And I'd probably done, I don't know, 300 of them. And what I was doing is I was growing a brand. And I didn't realize it at the time. I would just thought it'd be cool to be on CNBC. I would text my buddies, whatever girl I was dating at the time. I'd say, hey, check me out. I'm going to be on CNBC. So I was growing a brand without knowing I was growing a brand. And then when I left the trading floor, you know, it evolved into incorporating my social media. So I had to learn social media. I mean, I'm 38 years old now. So social media wasn't a courses that we were taught when I was taught when I was in college, which they are now. So I had to learn social media. I had to learn branding. Um, you know, I wrote, uh, I've written three books and three ebooks. So I had to learn I had to go to Wiley, which is the number one finance publisher in the world and said, this is who I am. This is what I want to write a book on. So yeah, so over time, I've kind of realized how to brand myself. But inadvertently, I was actually growing a brand by being on TV all the time. And so do you sleep? Do I sleep? Yep. Like a baby. Yeah. How often? It's really interesting because I would say I like to indulge in the single life a little too much. So I go out a lot. I probably go out like five nights a week. So there'll be days. So I'm on, I'm on uh, West Coast time most of the time. So the stock market opens at 630. So there'll be days where I'll get up, at, you know, I'll be out to one or two. I get up at six, I'll trade. And then probably after like eight or 830, I'll, I can pick a little siesta for a couple hours and then come back and trade again. If I'm not going out, then I try to get a good seven, eight hours of sleep. It just depends on the day and what I have going on. I try to, I would say about seven, eight hours of sleep on average. What do you see that for the future for you personally, I guess not necessarily trading. Yeah. I mean, I had a very successful career trading on the trading floor and I'm trying to figure out the best way to park some of the money that I've made and watch my money grow. I have no desire to be a VC, to be an angel, to go to private equity, but I like taking on like projects of 50 to a hundred thousand dollars in a bunch of different tranches and, uh, you know, kind of watching my money grow. So the hottest thing out there and the easiest way to make money period is Airbnb, simple bar none. So I've started to accumulate real estate using the Airbnb business model and it's an unbelievable phenomenon. Airbnb is the number two privately held market cap in the world. They're number one that's profitable because Uber is not. So, you know, I have a place in San Diego. I'm going to get a 22% return, cash on cash return on my place. And that does not include appreciation. And in San Diego, it's appreciated 8, 11, and 13%. So that kind of money is unbelievable. You can use leverage, obviously, when you're buying real estate. If you buy a place for half a million, you really only need $100,000 to put up. You know, if I'm getting 22% that means I'm making 22 grand. If it appreciates 5%, that's another 25 grand. So then you're upping it to about $47,000 profit on a $100,000 investment. So that's what I've been focusing a lot of my energy and effort on. I'm currently writing a book on Airbnb. We're going to, I'm trying to get it to New York Times bestseller. It's going to be at least a USA Today bestseller on the Airbnb business model because for anybody out there, it is A, the hottest investment out there of anything. I have a lot of friends that do real estate and they're in huge real estate masterminds and they're talking about everybody more or less pushing all in on this Airbnb business model. So I've been really starting to study that and research it. There's deals out there. And even if you, you know, like let's say you own a house and you go on a vacation for a week to Europe, you can rent out your house. Doesn't matter where you live. You think like, you know, my parents live in the suburbs of Chicago. You'd think there wouldn't be any listings there. There's probably 50 listings there. Someone always wants to stay somewhere.
somewhere. So renting it out, if you live there, you know, there's a million dollar uh, guarantee from uh, an insurance for Airbnb that doesn't cover personal items like cash, paintings, and jewelry. But it is really the phenomenon that's taking over the world. You know, Uber and Airbnb are the same where they don't have their inventory. So Uber doesn't own a fleet of cars. Airbnb doesn't own the units, but it's becoming the hottest thing. And the, they think they're going to quadruple their revenues by 2020. Do you still use AIM Instant Messenger? Uh, no. I just heard People that. People try to send me, I don't even use Facebook Instant Messenger. People try to send me stuff on Facebook. I was like, what the fuck is this? Just text me. Yeah. No, I thought I heard it. Heard the AIM close. Oh, down that was me making a trade actually. Did you do well? $702. With that, if, it, if there are any entrepreneurs, like I said, listening, if you, you have business advice for them, what would you tell them? Yeah, I am probably one of the most approachable, accessible people you'll ever encounter. I am very OCD with my email. If anybody has anybody, I'm currently mentoring three people in San Diego that are young entrepreneurs and I don't have any equity stake of their company. I'm not on their board. I don't get any money to do it. I just thoroughly enjoy you know, teaching, coaching entrepreneurs. They can email me at andrew at alphashark.com and I promise I'll respond within 24 hours. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. Thanks, awesome. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. If you enjoyed it, then go ahead and check out our website, millionaire-interviews.com. We have all the podcasts actually categorized so you can find similar episodes if you like them. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's been made available for free by our podcast sponsors and our Patreon members. So thank you to you both, especially our newest and oldest Patreon members for paying for this episode. Without you guys and gals, we wouldn't be here. So, would you be willing to pay for someone else to listen for free? If you are willing to help support us and get some awesome Patreon perks along the way, then go to austinsbigp.com to become a Patreon member today. That's austinsbigp.com. Oh, and by the way, Austin's Big P, that stands for Austin's Big Podcast. So again, if you're willing to pay it forward and allow someone else to listen to this episode for free, then go to austinsbigp.com dot com.